in this episode of the podcast, I'm going to be covering off some stuff around the mortgage market and how that's going at the moment. I'm going to answer some kind of key questions some of our clients ask us about mortgages and that we see being asked all the time. They'll be right at the end, so stick around right at the end to listen to the kind of frequently asked questions we get. And there'll be a little bit of a rant around the 20 mile an hour limit that's coming into Wales at the moment. Welcome back to the podcast. Flying solo today, Shane is away on his holly bobs. Somewhere on a cruise in France. I think it's France. Yeah, he is. On a Disney cruise. He's probably enjoying himself. Don't know what the weather's like, man, because it looks a bit uh, rough out in Europe at the minute. But uh, yeah, I'm sure he's enjoying himself. So yeah, it's just me on the podcast today. So we're going to kind of cover off a few kind of things that I mentioned at the beginning and the mortgage market, because that's a big one we're kind of hearing a lot about at the moment. But I want to have a bit of a rant. Well, kind of, I say a rant. It's more so on the way to work this morning, 20 mile an hour limits. They're coming into Wales thick and fast. Can't remember exactly when they're coming in. But have you ever driven a 20 mile an hour? It is literally like you're going backwards. It is so slow. And it's really weird because from what I kind of read, it's all to do with noise pollution and emissions and things. But I'm sure my car is louder when I'm in lower gears, kind of going really slow. And how does that affect things like electric cars? Because they're quiet all the time. So they're not actually giving enough emissions. So they still have to drive at 20 mile an hour. Are they going to change that kind of rule? I'm not really sure where they're trying to go with this, but it kind of feels like they're trying to reduce the amount of cars on the road and expect you to kind of get public transport and get the get your bike to work. Well, that's not going to work for the vast majority of people because I'm not going to cycle 11, 12 miles to work, then 11, 12 miles back home when I've got to pick my kids up, I've got to be home for certain times, got to go to client meetings, I have to take my car to work. And we also have an electric car as well. So am I being penalised because I've gone down that route? I don't know. But I'd, I'd be interested to know what Mr. Drakeford has to say about that because I think there's a different motive behind what they're doing. Because our public transport in Wales is certainly not geared up to deal with that. You know, I went to catch our train from home into Cardiff recently and three trains got cancelled on the bounce. So I had to take my car into Cardiff. So I tried my best, Mr. Drakeford, to use public transport. But sadly... It's flawed. So I don't know why the parts of kind of UK this is kind of coming in, but it is in Wales at the moment, and it's being rolled out a lot of places. And they've got their speed cameras out already, trying to catch you doing more than 20 mile an hour. The funny thing is, though, actually, I was behind a learner driver today. Now, whenever you're behind a learner driver, they generally do sort of five mile an hour under the speed limit anyway. So if it's a 30 mile an hour, you're doing 25. What I kind of found this morning was that I was stuck behind a learner driver who was doing about 10, 12 mile an hour in a 20 mile an hour zone. So that was really slow. I'm sure I uh, saw a few people walking past me quicker, but that's uh, that's another thing. But the mortgage market, let's talk about it. It's an interesting place at the moment. It's been uh, pretty interesting times since kind of last year. Uh, interest rates have been rising rapidly. The Bank of England... Um, put it up again this month. And I, and I do think we've got a potentially a couple more rises. I think we're going to get ourselves close to 6% uh, because they have this idea that what they're doing is going to reduce inflation. But 
I'm not convinced it will. I'm not sure we're looking at the right dynamics that are actually affecting the inflation at the moment. Because one of the big couple of the big things which are affecting inflation is the price of fuel. You know, the of kind of running our house, which we're not really feeling the effects of it that so much at the moment because we're in the summer. But as soon as we have the winter, which I think is going to be a pretty cold one, judging by um, the state of our summer this year, and, I, and and it was a few people had kind of heating on. I think near us, you could see the boilers going pretty fast around the houses. But I think there's there's bigger things that are causing inflation. There's the cost of fuel general cost of living's going up with regards to food, what you can buy and all that type of stuff. Um, and I know what they're trying to do. They're trying to increase the interest rates on the mortgage to try and stop people um, spending money. But what they're not taking into account, and we've seen this, so we've spoken to a few people about this. We've actually seen it in real life. We've had people actually coming to us um, asking for help. It's not something we particularly help with, but we've sort of directed them in the right direction. But people are actually taking loans out now in order to pay their bills and using their credit card to pay their mortgage and their rent. But I don't think the government are taking this into account. I think they're seeing that people are still taking finance out, taking loans and all those type of things to actually go and buy luxury goods. But I'm inclined to say that isn't the case in all cases. I think a lot of people are actually taking finance out now so they can actually go and pay their bills. Now, that's a real problem. And if that's what the government are not picking up on, by increasing the interest rates, it's not going to help anything. All we're going to have is a huge wave of um, repossessions and people not paying their mortgages. And I, and I do think that is the bigger picture. I think, in reality, the government, without having a crystal ball, is trying to force us into a bit of a recession, a bit of a reset, because they like a reset. And if we reset, we can rebuild, which is... Not a great way to treat us in this country, but I think everything got a little bit out of hand. Interest rates got so low. People took so much borrowing. People probably took mortgages bigger than they were. You know, we're seeing it now. Uh, people are coming to us for refinances now, and their interest rates have gone up. You know, considering some people have been on good five-year deals, and they're starting to come up now this year and next year. There's going to be interesting times ahead, and especially in the bike let market as well. That's getting pretty rough as well. So I think the Bank of England will raise the interest rates slightly again. And at some point, they are going to have to stop. I think that's going to stay stay with us till probably at least Q4 next year, and then we might see a bit of a settling down of the interest rates and the mortgages. But I think we, we've got to be kind of mindful that interest rates are going to be high. And there's a lot of stuff in the press about lenders putting their mortgage rates down. We had this with Halifax. We're bringing our mortgage rates down. We're going to make things easier for you. So we had a lot of clients contacting us who were with them, saying, oh, our rates have come down. So we went and checked. They haven't. They haven't actually really moved at all. So what came down was kind of certain types of buyer, like first-time buyer or home mover. And that was the same with a lot of lenders. So they actually didn't really bring the mortgages down like they kind of said in the press. I think they kind of wanted to give some good news, but actually it just meant that you know financial advisors like us were being bombarded with questions from people saying, oh, you're the interest rates gone down. No, they haven't really. Um, so, it's an, so it's an interesting time that they're, and I think now is the time, if you've tried to do your mortgage before on your own, I think now is the time you really need to go and see a mortgage broker to try and get the best deal you can. Because you know we do have access to more lenders, some in the region of 80 plus lenders, and at any one time can be over 10,000 products. You know, If you go onto the kind of internet, you're not going to get the kind of the best deal or one that kind of fits you. And I'll touch on that in a minute because that's one of my questions, the frequently asked questions, which I'm going to cover off. But, you know, 
inflation is still high. It has been coming down. Whether it'll hit the target they want to get it to, which is the sort of two percentage target, I don't think it will. I think the government's got to be a little bit more realistic with what they're kind of thinking and how they think the market's going to head. So yeah, it it's it's an interesting time. I think now's the time you really need to, if you're in, you've got a mortgage, you really need to speak to someone professional about it because. It's just not ideal to go on the internet and try and find you the best deal. You might be actually staying with your current lender is is the best option. Well, a mortgage broker can check that out, but they can also check the whole market for you and actually see. And especially if you're doing buy-to-let, that's a really tough market at the moment because rents are not kind of compatible with the lender's calculation they use to give you the maximum loan so we're trying we're finding that's really hard to place some kind of buy to let mortgages and we have to say to a lot of landlords you, know, you might have to consider putting your rent up because that's what's driving these things at the moment so it's interesting times but there are some positives you know there are you can still get a mortgage that's not a problem the way lenders are lending no kind of issues yeah borrowing's a little bit less because of the multipliers and the and the risk to the lender but they haven't stopped lending that's the one thing so if you're thinking of moving it's the right move for you you can afford it you know go for it don't kind of don't go, let all the kind of negative press kind of put you off with that or any of the kind of things that I've kind of said so there's a lot there to kind of take in but what I'm going to do, I'm going to kind of cover off some kind of common questions we get asked by um, some of our clients. Uh, so here, here's one we hear a lot. Do I have to use the estate agent solicitor or financial advisor? That's an interesting one. Now, a lot of estate agents will say that you have to use them. And the reason you have to use them is because it just speeds the process up and it means that you're more likely to buy the house. Now, I've got a couple of views on this. One, I kind of get it from the estate agent's point of view is the fact that if they use their own financial advisor, their own solicitor, it can control the process. So it means that they can contact and they can keep the seller informed of how the buying process is going because they've got the solicitors close to them and they've got the financial advisor close to them. Now, there's a little bit of a gray area over the fact that actually you probably need third-party consent to actually have these conversations because the agreement will be with you and the financial advisor and you and the solicitor, but I think the estate agents solicitors have probably a bit of a kind of deal going on there. So I understand from that point of view, but you cannot be forced to use their financial advisor and their estate agent and their solicitor. There's actually guidance which is set out by the regulator of the estate agents to say that they cannot force you to do that, okay? You can't basically be made to use their in-house. You can take independent advice. Because what you will find with a lot of the bigger estate agents, the mortgage brokers in-house are not independent. They do have a tied element to them. They can only use certain products. And the other thing is the reason a lot of state agents are using it and solicit and using this is because they're getting kickbacks. You know, they, they run a the business. They're trying to get as much income as they can in from different sources. So there'll be money kind of flowing. So it's in their financially beneficial interest to use their own financial advisor and solicitor. But what they can't do is force you to do it. If they do try and force you to do it, you know, get in touch with us. I can send you the code, which is in the sort of estate agent effective governing body, which says they can't do it. And if you quote that to them, they will kind of leave you alone. But I hear, I've heard some horror stories recently. I'm on a effectively a mortgage community with sort of like 4,000 different advisors on there in the UK. And there's been some horror stories of what some estate agents are doing, actually to the point where they're threatening clients saying, you know, we won't put your offer towards more. We'll pull your offer from the seller uh, 
because you're not using our financial advice. I'd be interested to know if the actual seller knows that some of these tactics are going on, but it's quite interesting what's going on. So no, you don't have to use them, but there are some benefits to potentially using them in the fact they can kind of control the process. But I'll leave that kind of call up to you, but don't be pressured into doing it, okay? Now, another one we have, we've had this from clients in the past and we still kind of get it. We get an email saying, I found this great rate online. Send us a screenshot. Why haven't you offered this rate? Okay, and I'll have a look at it, and I'll say, okay, that's fine. So we'll go and have a look. We'll do some research, and we'll come back and say, okay, here's an example of one. Client came to us and said, I want this rate. This is much lower. So we looked at it, and it was a discounted variable rate. Now, what that means is it's discounted off the lender's standard variable rate. So therefore, it's not a fixed rate, and it can go up and down. So I went back to the client, gave him a call, and said, okay, great, got this rate. We can do it for you. So it is a brilliant rate, but you asked us for a fixed rate mortgage. And they said, oh, is that not a fixed? And I was, so I explained to them that it wasn't. And they were quite shocked at the fact that as far as they were concerned on looking online, it looked like a fixed rate mortgage. Now, I don't know how that was portrayed on the online kind of portals, which they kind of looked in, but that's a common one. But people see this rate 3.24% and the best fixed is four and a half. Well, they don't realize it's a discounted rate. Now, there's nothing wrong with discounted rates, but they're not for everyone because they're not fixed. And these people actually wanted a five-year fix, so this was nowhere near what they wanted. So once I explained to them. Now, then we've had others where they come to us and say, there's this great rate. It's with, for example, Lloyds Bank, and it's this rate, um, really low. So then I'll go and have a look at it. I'll come back to the client and say, that's great. Yes, we can get you that rate. Can you just give me your premier banking account number? And they'll say, well, I don't bank with Lloyds. Okay, well, this rate is only for premier bankers with Lloyds or Barclays or NatWest. Now, not, none of this is actually in the kind of main print of when you go sourcing for these mortgages. All you do is you put in, this is how much my mortgage is, this is how I think it's worth this what term, and it'll just bang out as many rates as it possibly can at you, but it won't tell you the individual details of it. And we've had other ones where they've kind of come to us and we're like, yeah, we can do that, that's fine, but it's a 5,000-pound fee to the lender. Like, so I didn't see that, and it doesn't explicitly say, or it doesn't have, it might be a remortgage, and it doesn't have free valuation or free legal. So be very careful about what you're shopping online. Okay, and also bear in mind that these online sites are making money from every referral they send through to the mortgage lender. So they have a kind of beneficial interest in sending you to those places. Okay, so that's an interesting one, and it's one we get a lot. And that's why I say, look, you know, we are mortgage brokers, we are professionals at what we do, we've been doing it a long time, especially in our company, we've been doing this over 15 years. We're professionals in what we do. You know, you don't go to the kind of dentist and tell the dentist, actually, can you take out this tusk? I think it's really bad. But that's the dentist. They're the professional. You trust them. You need to trust your mortgage broker. We're not commission and any fees on mortgages are pretty level playing field. There's not much in it. They don't actually pay a lot of commission anyway. So people are not sending you to a different lender because they think it's going to get them more commission. Mainly why you'll choose a certain lender is speed of processing, the best rate, fits your individual criteria as a client. So they, they're not really going at it from a point of view, we're going to make more money from it. They're trying to do the best for you, okay? And they'll explain that to you, especially if, if they haven't explained that, ask them, they'll explain why they're using certain lenders. So that's kind of one way we kind of need to look at it. Um, 
And what's the bike to let market like? Pretty tough at the minute. That's when we get asked a lot. Um, interest rates are high. The rental calculations don't always fit with properties. So it's a little bit of a tougher market, but you can get mortgages out there. You just got to be mindful that not every deal like it used to would fit now because bike led interest rates are very high. You know, they generally got a five or 6% sort of market or higher in them. And some of the commercial rates are even higher again. Now, another one, which I wouldn't say we always get asked lots of questions on, what I see a lot around is by self-employed getting mortgages. Now, there's a lot of companies out there whereby as an owner or director, you don't take all the money you could do out of the company. You kind of leave a lot of what we call profit in the company. So you might only draw minimal salary and dividends because that's all you actually need. And if you draw more, you're going to pay more tax. So you leave a lot of kind of money in the company. So that's what we would call retained profit. Now, so let's just say, for argument's sake, you drew salary and dividends of up to 50000 so you stay in the kind of basic rate tax sort of area and therefore you wanted a mortgage and say the maximum you get was four times that. So you get £200,000 mortgage, okay? But you might have £200,000 retained profit in the business year on year. So that would mean applying the same four times a multiplier, you could actually take an £800,000 mortgage. Now you might think, wow, how does that happen? Well, because... Lenders look at it from a point of view that you could take that money out of there. You just choose not to because you don't want to pay tax on it. So it is affordable. If you needed to, you could take the profit to pay the mortgage. And they'll look at the history of how long that's happened. It's not just a one-off. You've got this retained profit. There's a little bit more due diligence to it. But there are a handful of lenders who will do this. Now, we've come across this before. We dealt with a couple of clients in London who had been to various kind of mortgage brokers around I think they've been to five or six and every single one looked in and said your salary and dividends is x amount we can only get you this they came to us and we said that's great yeah you're looking for 1.5 1.6 million pound mortgage yeah we can do that and they're blown away the fact that actually it could be done and it's all legitimate it's all done through the land it's all about retained profits there's a lot of due diligence you have to provide a lot of information but it can be done and you're not paying a premium rate either you you you're not paying a high rate for that service it's actually there for you they're mainstream lenders, they're really good at it, but there is only a handful of them and you've got to know the kind of process and how to kind of do it. So that's why, once again, I go to the fact that don't just go to your bank, don't just go online because you might just get a computer that says no, when actually you might need the experience of a mortgage broker who understands how self-employed market works and they can help you with that. So there's just some of the frequently asked questions we kind of get asked um, and we cover off. We'll cover off a few in another video when we kind of do some topics. Yeah, so that's all from today. Shane will be back next week. This podcast is coming out this week while he's on his holobobs in France, sunning himself. Probably not because it's probably raining. And I'll see you next week. <laughs> <laughs>